The following program is being brought to you on the Voice America Sports Channel. For more information about our network and to check our additional show hosts and topics of interest, please visit voiceamericasports.com. The Voice America Talk Radio Network is the worldwide leader in live Internet talk radio. Visit voiceamerica.com. The views and ideas expressed on the following program are strictly those of the host or guests and do not necessarily reflect the views and ideas held by the Voice America Talk Radio Network, its staff, and management. There's a strong link between sports and medicine. If you're not at the top of your medical game, you can't play well, or you just can't play. Welcome to Bruce the Sports Doc with medical expert Dr. Bruce Grossinger. This program looks at advances and breakthroughs in medicine and how it relates to sports. Plus, you'll receive preventative tips and analysis of sports injuries this week. Now, here's Bruce the Sports Doc. Welcome to the newest edition of Bruce the Sports Doc. We're right here after an action-packed weekend, and I'm here with my co-host, Spencer the Wizard. And we're going to rumble in to America's Game of the Week. There it is. The 14th rematch of Brady versus Manning. Shout out to all our listeners. We're kicking off another great week with you guys. And uh, we're so happy to have you aboard um, for this Sunday. It's Thanksgiving weekend. So all you turkey lovers out there, it's time to pig out, including uh, you have Black Friday. So so a heck of a consecutive days. And uh, it's such an exciting time. Thanksgiving, everybody gathers around with their family. We wish everyone a wonderful week. But right now we got some business to attain to first. Well, the first game is a tale of two halves. We were watching the game, hoping for a back-and-forth rivalry between Peyton Manning and Tom Brady in the frigid icebox at Gillette Stadium. And before you knew it, it was 24-0. The Broncos were winning, and it looked like it was going to be a yawner. And I'm sure many fans, given the sub-zero chill factors, decided to head home. But then came the second half. Then came the Tom Brady to Julian Edelman show. Edelman finished 110 yards, two touchdowns that were huge in the game. And you looked at um, Dominique Rogers-Cromartie getting injured for, for Denver, and that was a huge loss for them in the secondary as the Patriots exploited his absence in the second half of that game. Brady had more time to pass. Gronkowski was involved. And the fumble, really, by Monte Ball after the Patriots scored a touchdown, for them to get from 7-14 to that quickly really reinstated confidence for the Patriots because then they were able to focus and just say it's a 10-point ball game and this is just like a regular comeback now from 10 rather than being down um, by, by 17. So you looked at New England and Tom Brady, and I have a couple analysis that I have a couple things I want to get to, but just the resurgence of Tom Brady and Bill Belichick. I've never seen anybody as mentally tough as Bill Belichick in his halftime speech. I don't even know if he said a lot of words, but the players definitely got the message. And um, Akita Lee was really an MVP of this game because he deed up one of the best wide receivers in Demarius Thomas all game long. And the Patriots D really came alive. And for Denver, it really looked like 
um, the Patriots are still that team to be reckoned with. And it's pretty incredible over the span of time, even with having Will Fork out, um, for New England to still be as uh, as relevant as they are every single season. And you really look at Peyton Manning. And uh, you know what, Dad? I want to hear what your analysis is on Peyton Manning, um, especially in the second half of that ballgame. Well, looking at the game... It appeared that the wind really played a big factor. And when you looked at the second, um, actually it was the fourth quarter, it looked like, you know, Peyton Manning, there was a definite distinct difference between, in arm strength between Brady and Manning. And he threw multiple interceptions. The wind took the ball. And Manning looked in that second half, he looked very mortal. And he was hit a lot. And it, it just... It just looked like he was struggling, like he was running in quicksand. And the, he did come back, and the, and the game, as you know, went into overtime. And just watching the, the back and forth between the two players, Brady was just spectacular. If you just look over and over again at the touchdown pass to Gronkowski, it's a complete laser beam. And just the beauty, even in that weather, of the way that comes off his hands, in a beautiful spiral, um, you know, Brady, Brady just was was in total command. When he gets into the zone, you get a he see that look in his eyes, and the guy isn't going to be stopped. And we've seen that so many times. Yeah, I think Peyton Manning is one of the worst quarterbacks in uh, in, in weather situations, in cold weather situations. I mean, he's one in five in games below freezing. And, I mean, I, I shouldn't say he's one of the worst quarterbacks, but the way he throws the football, it's kind of a wobbler. It's not a spiral. It's not a tight spiral into the wind. So it, the wind can really take that kind of football throw. And you looked at Peyton. He just looked like he didn't want to be there. He just looked like he was not exactly having a, a grand time playing football. And that's because he's used to in Indianapolis playing in a dome and playing in ideal conditions without wind. And even in cold weather, Peyton Manning wearing gloves can still manage to ball out and perform well. Um, but the wind factor in New England, he just, you know, he doesn't have the same potency on his football as Tom Brady does. And that's just the way Peyton throws it. And in domes and in neutral, you know, weather situations, he, the football is being thrown so that the wide receivers are very catchable balls. The wobblers are even more catchable to hang in the air longer and they allow the receiver to make a play. And Peyton Manning, you know, is, is older. He's 37 years old, so he doesn't have that arm strength that he used to when he was younger to possibly get away with his, you know, throwing tendencies. And it's not that Peyton Manning is not a good throw of the football. No one could ever say that. But with the wind, it really affects his throw a lot more than Tom Brady's. So, as it turns out, New England held serve. They won in overtime a bit of a fluky uh punt situation where it was a muffed punt where it hit somebody's leg and sure enough New England wins at home like to move it seems to be like the NFC East is being clarified right now we have the haves and haves nots we've got essentially the Giants who really had their game they had to beat the Cowboys and they're also the Redskins getting getting creamed on Monday night football so it seems to me that with five games left to play, the Giants are out by two games. It's almost like in baseball. If you're out with five games with two to play, especially when you don't have any tiebreakers in the division, 
it seems like the Giants are effectively eliminated, you know, for the year. Um, I know we, I, w- I was wa- I was flying back from Phoenix and I was watching uh, the game on on Wi-Fi in my plane. I know, especially you were intently paying attention to the game and the Giants are your team, so we want to hear an analysis of that particular game. Even though the Giants are my team, I'm not going to let that bias, you know, affect how I analyze the game. I got to give tons of props to Tony Romo of all the momentum with the whole state of New York and the whole state of New Jersey absolutely on their feet it you know he converted third down after third down and that just shows his growth as a quarterback and he stayed calm and he was able to really decipher the injury to McBride putting Dez in the slot was really an effective matchup that the Cowboys completely exploited on the Giants and they exposed a weak area of the defense time and time again. I looked at the Giants, they were 1-3 and three in the red zone. They had two first and goals in the first half and they settled for three points, getting six. If the Giants would have scored on one of those touchdowns, they would have ended up winning the game. Instead, they called a draw play on third down from the 11-yard line, an absolutely embarrassing call that just is pretty much accepting the fate as being a loser. And you look at Gilbride in the red zone, throwing on first down, running on second down, very predictable play calling down the red zone, and Hakeem Nix was a huge absence for the Giants and the lack of a tight end. I mean, you look at Jason Witten in the red zone was such a weapon. Scored from 22 yards out, and with Romo with time, my uncle even said, this one's going to Romo, and sure enough, it, it did. So you look at the Giants' red zone struggles. The defense <clears throat> actually gave up a few big plays, but for the most part, the defense played very well. First, Tony Romo, a completely acceptable performance. They pretty much only allowed Romo to score 17 points, which for a potent Dallas offense, that's absolutely fine. Uh, the Cruz fumble really hurt them, but the red zone offense for the Giants, they just couldn't capitalize on it. That drive of all the penalties from the New York Giants um, on that sack fumble, it was a it was a dogfight, and you got to give the Giants a ton of credit for scoring those 15 points. You know, you have first the touchdown to Brandon Meyer, and then you have Eli Manning coming back, but it's disappointing he never got to see the ball again. That's because Tony Tony Romo was excellent, but unfortunately, when you don't score in the red zone, you're going to lose football games, and and you, when your defense plays well enough for you to win, you know, it just is disappointing the red zone offense for the Giants really hurts them on a day when Brown was fantastic, on a day when Eli Manning really stepped up in key spots. They just couldn't put the ball into the end zone. And it's so rare to get into the red zone. You have the Dallas Cowboys defense that could be exploited. No big plays on the offense or the defensive side. And and that's what really hurt them is the Cowboys had the cruise fumble. The Cowboys had those two penalties that converted into touchdowns. And the New York Giants 
played a very good football game, but in the end, they needed just a couple of more plays. And when you're a team, the last thing I want to say is when you're a team that is five win, that is four wins and five losses, or four wins and six losses, and you're in must-win situations, you need to jump on the you need to jump on the on the visiting team. And when Dallas is coming in here cold, you know Dallas went up seven nothing. Eventually, they took a fourteen to six lead and stretch out to 21-6. It's not a way to defend serve at home and the Giants have shown that when they jump on opponents they can hold them off with their defense and with the crowd. You win home games by by jumping on teams and uh, just more urgency would have been nice and that draw play is the epitome of the loss there. Just that draw play is not showing the urgency needed to win that football game. So well, it looks like this first segment went in a flash. And we want to thank all the listeners to Voice America. We've got some really exciting things coming up. Join us back here in three minutes. Save on your prescriptions with the RX Savings Plus Drug Discount Card offered by Voice America. It is not insurance and discounts are only available from participating pharmacies, but 9 out of 10 pharmacies participate nationwide. Start saving today. Print your free card online at voiceamerica.rxsavingsplus.com or text the word TALK RADIO to 96362. Dr. Bruce Grossinger is a board-certified neurologist and managing partner of Grossinger Neuropain Specialist. Serving the Philadelphia and Wilmington, Delaware areas in the fields of sports medicine, pain management, interventional spinal surgeries, and occupational medicine. Dr. Bruce is the director of the National Sports Concussion Program and works as a senior medical advisor for the National High School Coaches Association. We're involved in the propagation of increased safety measures in all levels of sports participation to render the games safer in terms of brain and spinal injuries. This involves education of athletes, parents, trainers, coaches, and administrators at the amateur and professional levels. Clinical consultations and treatment can be scheduled directly with Dr. Grossinger at 610-521-6063. Visit Dr. Bruce online at brucethesportsdoc.com. Again, for consultations and treatment, call 610-521-6063 or visit brucethesportsdoc.com. Have you friended us on Facebook yet? Why not? Just go to Facebook.com forward slash Voice America or search for the keywords Voice America. Once you are part of our Facebook network, you'll receive daily messages about what's happening with our shows, this week's featured guests, and new happenings of the Voice America Talk Radio Network. And you can add your voice to the always active discussions on our wall. Just go to Facebook.com forward slash Voice America or search for Voice America. What's going on behind the scenes with your favorite Voice America show or host? For the latest news, visit the iRadio blog at iradioblog.com. You are listening to Bruce the Sports Doc with Dr. Bruce Grossinger. If you have a question or comment about today's program, please call in at 1-888-346-9144. That's 1-888-346-9144. Or send an email to Bruce at BruceTheSportsDoc.com. Now, back to the show. Welcome to the next segment of Bruce the Sports Doc. I'm your host, Dr. Bruce Grossinger, and I'm here with my co-host, 
Spencer the Wizard, our usual sports analyst, and we're ripping through NFL football. We're going to try to highlight some games and move quickly through this list. And Spencer, the team with four wins in a row, very unlikely. Who would think that there would be a showdown between the Eagles and the Cardinals? Seven-win team versus a six-win team. Coming up right here in the city of brotherly love. You look at Arizona, and they're they're a very they're a very good home team. They're they've always been pretty strong in the desert, and uh, they beat Detroit earlier this year. They have a very they have a spectacular defense. I love the LSU tandem. I love Patrick Peterson really being the big brother to Tyron Matthew. There, um, they call it the no fly zone in uh, in Arizona, and they're just ball hawks on the outside. You look at it, Dar- Darnell Dockett. You look at um, their interior line. I love Bruce Arians. He's had success last year with a Colts team um, that that was featuring a rookie quarterback and not returning any superstars whatsoever other than Reggie Wayne, and he completely revamped that franchise. Um, now Pagano's doing a nice job there, but this was really a payback game this week with the Colts. You know, Bruce Arians versus, versus them, and uh, they jumped on him early. But look at Carson Palmer and the emergence of Michael Floyd, the Irish wide receiver, the Notre Dame fighting Irishman. The second year, he is really coming out and performing strong, and Carson's getting time in the pocket. And I've just been really impressed. He is just rocking and rolling. And uh, they go east next week, and uh, that's a game for Arizona. It just seems the Cardinals always struggle when they come out and they play two hours ahead of their scheduled time to play you know heading east just on the road they don't seem as polarizing as when they're at the university of phoenix stadium in glendale so that's going to be a tremendous game next week i can't wait to see how nick Foles does against his former you know state in arizona he went to the university of arizona just south of glendale tucson so that'll be an interesting storyline and that's going to be a fantastic game at the link, 1 o'clock. Can't wait to see Carson Palmer versus that Eagles defense. Um, so then I also want to talk to you about a team that is really struggling right now in Kansas City. And Phillip Rivers put on a torch show at Arrowhead yesterday. 29 of 37, 396, and three touchdowns. I mean, he is an underrated quarterback, Phillip Rivers. I know that people love Phillip. Um but the thing is about Philip Rivers is that he's a very short passer. He meticulously take his, takes his team down. Um, but you got to give him credit. I mean, he has been playing his heart out this year. And uh, Ken, Kenny Wisenhunt is taking the San Diego team with Phillip and turning it turning it around. But uh, unfortunately, they, you know, San Diego, I think, is just on the outskirts of the playoffs. You look at the the, uh, the Kansas City Chiefs, and they, they put up 38 points. They should be able to win, but Tom Bailey gets injured. And another defensive end, I'm forgetting his name right now, but he goes down. So Kansas City now gets Denver off a loss to New England. And that that's the worst formula for them. I, I expect Peyton Manning, with all this criticism, he always can bounce back. I expect them to get thumped at home. And, and then they got to right the ship. The good news for Kansas City is they are going to make the playoffs. The other wild cards, five and six. So you're still going to have playoff football in Kansas City. And, and that's going to be that's going to be quite a scene um, for the Chiefs to be in it. Um, but right now, 
they, they're 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 really they're really reeling right now. That if they would have held on for San Diego, um, and then let the pounding happen next week, essentially, I really do see Denver going in there and beating them next week. Just these Chiefs, um, they need their defense to step up. Got to give Alex credit putting up 38 with JC going crazy, but. You need to have that defense complement them. And um, we'll see how they prepare for Peyton. Don't let Peyton Manning have those five yards of field to work with. You know, you got to play tight man like New England. Take your chances and let them burn you over the top if they burn you. So that that's that. Well, we also had um, an unusual scenario. One of the few ties ever in history, certainly since the overtime rule, you got two teams that are just floundering along in hyperspace. The Minnesota Vikings and the Green Bay Packers with the flavor of the month quarterback. And uh, you had Matt Flynn, who seemed like this guy was making more money not playing for a team. He was a multimillionaire from not doing anything. And then you had Christian Ponder, who had a, uh, a really good game. And uh, they tied 26-all. And... There's an old saying, a tie is like kissing your sister. And Jared Allen, after the game, he, he, he's always one for a good quote, and we'll quote him. I view it as a loss, personally. We gave up a 16-point lead in the fourth quarter. And then he, he segues into, I don't have a sister, but I'm going to say it's like going to prom queen with, it's going to prom. Sorry, I blew that. Let me say it again. Let's go back. I don't have a sister, but I'm going to say it's like going to prom with your sister. That was much better. <laughs> much more like <laughs> it's politically correct going up from with your sister. I mean, oy, I, my sister is nine years younger than me. So going the prom with my sister um, would be cute. But, you know, nobody would really take you that seriously. And for Matt Flintstone to come in and this dude right off the couch, I mean, he's rolling. I mean, Matt Flint, his wife and his family are transporting every week. They're hurt. They're getting their stuff ready and they're packing up their bags. You know, they're always on the move. I mean, it's like Little Miss Sunshine and, you know, that that big truck. I mean, they, they, Matt Flint is just always on the move, just always rolling in the locker room. Soon he's going to know every single locker room in the NFL. So, um, you know, Flynn, he really should have started this game. You know, I love Scotty Tolzien. He's a Madison guy. He grew up a Green Bay fan. It's a cute story, but he's just not been producing as well in his second year out of Wisconsin. And, uh, you know, he has kind of that big wind-up Tolzien. And, uh, you know, he made an athletic spin move scored, but he's not the answer. And I think Matt Flynn could fill in, do some good work. You look at Michael Glennon. He went in the Detroit one this week. So the Lions... That segues to a great to a great new uh, topic. The Detroit Lions are so unpredictable. You can't predict games in this league. And guess what? I, I, what do you think about Greg Schiano now? Three straight. Well, his team was tanking. Certainly, the pink slip, the ink hadn't quite dried on his slip to be fired. And the story of this is the Tampa Bay defense: four interceptions of Matthew Stafford. So a shocking win. For Tampa Bay to go into Detroit and win that game, and this year I think we always say it's 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 unpredictable, but you just see a lot of uh, you know you see Tampa Bay winning that game. You see Carolina continuing to roll in Miami. 